Hey everyone, today you're going to hear an inspiring story that will hopefully help you as you start your health and fitness journey, and we're also going to talk about how to get over intimidation and gain confidence as you're getting started. If this episode inspires you to kickstart your fitness, I invite you to join us on Inspire to Run Podcast on Instagram, DM us the word kickstart, and you can receive your free guide, Kickstart Your Fitness in Five Steps. Again, Come to Instagram, Inspire to Run Podcast, DM us the word, kickstart. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Inspire to Run Podcast. Here, you will find inspiration. Whether you are looking to take control of your health and fitness, or you are a seasoned runner, looking for community and some extra motivation, you will hear inspiring stories from amazing runners, along with helpful tips from fitness experts. Now, here's your host, Richard Connor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inspire to Run podcast. I am here with Jay Wells. He is a DC-based marketing executive that fell in love with running during his weight loss journey. Having spent the last six years practicing a vegan diet, Jay lost over 150 pounds. He is also a certified nutrition consultant that is passionate about physical and mental health, and he's an avid runner, having completed four full marathons and over 20 half marathons. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. I really appreciate you inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to talking more about running, fitness, health, all of it, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, you come to the right place, and we're happy to have you as well because you have an amazing journey uh, and story to go along with that to share with our listeners. I think they'll inspire a lot of people who may be in similar situations, right? And it's just maybe hard to get started or have that inspiration or motivation to do so. So I'm hoping through your story, you know, we can inspire others to really take control of the health and fitness. So, you know, let's just kind of kick off the conversation and learn a little bit more about you and your background. All right. Well, I moved to DC back in 2008 and it's an easy place to kind of just do the happy hour drinks thing. You can come here, hang out, go to work. You know what? Let's grab a drink three, four to seven o'clock. At every corner, there's a place to hang out, get drinks, and I kind of got sucked in to, like, um, just a bad diet. Just, I was like, I'm a college frat boy. Just drink, knocking down beers, eating all the fries, eating all the burgers, and next thing you know, boom, I kind of, was just, my weight was just out of control. And it's one of those things, it's like, you don't even know how it happens, it kind of sneaks up on you. And next thing I know, I was like, my 30th birthday. Went to a doctor's visit. Doctor said, Jay, um, it's time for you to start taking diabetes medication. And I'm 30 years old. I'm, like, I'm too young for this. It's like you start looking around like, how did I get into this? It's like, what can I do? And and again, for an African-American male, you hear the stats. You hear this stuff all day long. And you start thinking, like, I don't want to be another statistic at this age. So I start researching different things and trying to figure out ways to kind of cut weight, get my health under control. Because again, I don't want to be one of these guys that in my early thirties, as I enter my early thirties, like worried about my health. So for me, it was like, okay, doctor said, make a drastic change or start taking insulin. So I made a drastic change, started experimenting with like, um, plant-based diets, seeing what works for me. And then it's like, okay, this, I was kind of teetering around a little bit. And then I was able to kind of finally lock in and once I locked in within six months of practicing a plant-based diet, 
numbers changed dramatically, blood pressure, blood sugar, all everything kind of leveled out, and the doctor was shocked. It's always one of those things. Doctors aren't always shocked. They just, they're, always, they're just shocked at your behavior because a lot of people will say they're going to do something versus actually doing it. And when they started seeing it, when, he, when my doctor started seeing it, he was like, this is great. And next thing you know, next thing you start thinking about like, okay, let me focus on my weight loss. And it started off just walking, like casual stuff and getting your confidence. Because for a lot of people, the gym can be an intimidating place. And in this area, in the D.C. area, it's a heavy run environment. It's a, ma- it's a major run culture here. It's like there's a ton of different running groups, just running clubs. There's so many running trails between just like D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. There's just so much to do. And I just started getting out on trails, walking around, just kind of see what works, starting to see if I could run for 30 seconds straight. Because, again, at this point, I'm 360, like 365, just trying to see what I can do. And... It's like you start, okay, let me see if I can run for two minutes now. And then it's like, okay, I can, I'm feeling pretty good. I can, I can do that. Then it's like, okay, let me walk. You know what? Let's see if I can just keep going. You know, keep going until I can't, until my body says stop. Next thing you know, I'm running for five minutes straight. So I'm starting to feel confident in myself. That was one of the things that really kind of got me going. And then it's like, let's incorporate some strength training. And one of my best friends, he's a trainer. Um, he started giving me a few ideas. And I said, okay, this gym thing, it's a lot of buff guys in here. It's a lot of like, a lot of nice looking women. And it's like, these are, these are good looking people. And it's like, let me try to find my space. So you start finding what works for you. And as you get your confidence and you gain more confidence in yourself, you start doing things that you feel confident doing. And I think that's one of the major hurdles for people trying to make those life shifts when it comes to health and wellness. It's like just getting out of your own way. Because one thing you quickly realize, no one's looking at you. <laughs> no one cares. They're, they're so focused on themselves. No one cares. <laughs> just do your thing. Get out, get out of your own way. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. one of those lessons I learned quickly. And once I got into that space, it was like, boom, lightning in a bottle. And I would say that I ended up losing about 30 pounds in like four months. And then it just started, started just falling off. And over the course of about four years or so, I was down a, over well over 100 pounds. And it was just a matter of just like finding what works for me. You know, because once you get the diet part, once you start getting a handle on the diet portion of everything, it starts to you kind of take care of yourself. It's like because so many of us get caught up in the mental hurdles of it. It's like once you get once you get that stuff out of the way, like getting out of your own head and those kind of things, the weight loss kind of happens. And then I did my first um, I'll never forget this. This was like D.C. AIDS walk. It's like an AIDS walk in 5K. And I've done, I had done 5Ks before, but that's like the longest distance I've ever ran, but, but I've done it on the treadmill. So I went into it expecting to do like (laughs) a 30 minute 5K and this little kid, I'll never forget this. It's like, I was on like mile three and you're turning down Pennsylvania Avenue. It's like, so it's DC's Pennsylvania Avenue. It's like, it's a major street. So you kind of, so it's like a lot of people there. And it's like, oh, it's a nice little cheering line. And you see, I saw this kid just dart past me. I said, "What the heck?" This kid smoked me. It had to be like thirteen or something. <laughs> it was like a little kid smoked me. I'm like, "This is crazy." And, just, and at that moment, though, I was hooked. And you, then I just started signing up for races and start doing events. And after that, it was no turning back. 
did my first half marathon and I was like this is like the craziest rush Mm -hmm. and it was like uh, there's no turning back because once you start collecting these things and as <laughs> you start getting teased for so you so you pay to run you pay to race just and get a to get a medal and a banana yeah but no it's like it's one of the most addictive things ever and for anyone that has ever participated in like a competitive sport or anything this is like the closest thing to getting that rush as an adult mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. that race energy the the people just the vibes it's addictive and it's just a cool rush and you find it and it's awesome. It's been one of those things that's been just a blessing to me because I've met some amazing people. I've gotten got some lifelong friendships out of this and it's one of those things I would never trade. I can I can never trade because it's something I can I can put into my children, things like that. It's like something that I can pass along like hey, like this is just a fun activity. It's like I remember my, my first daughter when she was born, we got running strollers i was taking her out and now it's she's like she's only like two now but the thing is she knows what time it is it's like she's she wants to go participate she she's been to she's seen so many finish lines and stuff she just loves it now it's like she's addicted so it's like i want to keep that mindset well keep that thought process in her head so when she's as she gets older she wants to do like activity like physical activity won't be a a random thing to her it's going to be something like oh it's a part of my life you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like it's a part of your lifestyle. So it's just, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. Oh, that's an incredible story. Incredible journey, Jay. And just congratulations on all the things that you have accomplished. And I, I have so many questions for you as I want to unpack your story and understand kind of the different phases in your journey a little bit more. And and then just remind me about the little kid that passed you in, during your race. <laughs> I want to share a story about that too. Okay. But, uh, but, you know, kind of going back to what you're talking about, your, the doctor diagnosis, right, and, and diabetes, tell me a little bit about, like, what was going on in your life or in your mind around that time? Did it take that doctor's visit for you to realize what was happening and the, what was, you know, the changes in terms of your lifestyle and your body? Or were you kind of thinking about it along the way? It's one of those things. It's like you don't think about it until the small things happen. Cause something that we used that that would happen to me, like I would get off the metro, I would get off the train, walking to work. I'm tired. I would wait for. I would do things. When I think about it now, I look. I think about a lot of the, the habits I had. Just getting off the train, I was the guy that would wait on the escalator. It's like I would wait. I would wait on the escalator. I wouldn't walk up the escalator line. I'd be the guy on the right side waiting. There was even times I would wait on the elevator, and what? And I was just to i just didn't have the energy to my thought process wasn't hey man just walk up these stairs it's my that wasn't my thought process it was like you know what let me wait and it's like when i start thinking about like that direct that doctor's diagnosis it was like you've noticed this change in your body and you just didn't care you didn't do anything you allowed it to happen and that's where that reality check comes in where you have to reflect look at yourself like what are the things that you're doing because we always hear people talk about, yeah, oh, go get your 10,000 steps. Go do those things. Oh, that goes a long way, blah, 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 which is true, and it does. But without the right intention, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to be, you have to intentionally do these things. And for me, it's like that doctor's diagnosis, it was like the reality check, that slap in the face, like, hey, man, this is real. Like, if you really care about, if you want to be here, if you want to enjoy life, you have to make that shift. And again, it's like, I'll be the last person to say, hey, I don't I, would, I don't go enjoy a drink. But at the same time, I can't go out here binge drinking on a Tuesday. And for a grown up, it's like you can't just go get immersed in happy hours all the time. And 
oh man, all you can eat burgers and fries. It's like that's that was just a bad way to live, and you don't want to punish your body that way because one thing we all are we all learn as we as we age, you are literally what you eat. It's like your your body is going to look like the way whatever way you treat it. That's what your body's going to look like. You're gonna you're gonna look the way you feel. It's like those things. Excuse me, you're gonna feel the way you look. It's like that stuff happens, and you want to kind of protect your body more. That's one of those lessons that, wow, that diagnosis really just made me think about what I was doing and what I was putting into my body because it's like, yeah, that stuff sounds fun, sounds cool, but when you're listening to that diagnosis, that's heartbreaking. It's like it's kind of it's like it's like, geez, what am I doing to myself? I, you say you love yourself. It's time to start living like it. I'm glad that you you saw the signs, but it really took the diagnosis for you to take action. But what's important is you did take action and you're in a much better place today. So that's really great that you did that. And, you know, you talked a lot about what we put in our bodies and how we should treat our bodies. So, you know, let's talk about that for a moment, because you used a word that's really interesting. You call it you call it intimidating and you use it for some other reason. But I'm thinking, you know, for the path that you chose around vegan diet, some may see that as intimidating. That's a big change from, you know, what most people do in terms of their diets. So, you know, so a couple of things. One, why did you decide that that was the path you needed to follow? And then two, is it all or nothing? If I'm in that place, do I have to go to a vegan diet or, you know, what are some of the other things that someone can consider? Two things with that. It's not all or nothing. Like I'm a big fan of, hey, do what works for you. I'll I'll be the I'm not going I'm not the food police friend. It's like I'm like, hey, do what works for you. For me, you get all this information, you read all of these things, and you see like, man, they use a lot of they use a lot of fake things. It's like it's a lot of things people put in the food, and it's like a lot of stuff that goes into processed meals, and it's like, ugh. it's like you know this stuff is bad. And this is, I'll never forget, um, there was a, there was a, like, you start seeing these food documentaries and it's like, geez, we're doing all that to food. And then you start seeing all the artificial things and drinks and things that we like. It's like, these are things that we love. I, I was the hot pocket king. I, I was like, when people talk about ramen noodles in college, I've never eaten ramen noodles in my life. You know what I ate? I was privileged enough to have hot pockets all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was that guy. I was, Another I was level. I was like, hey, enjoy your ramen. I mean, hot right. pockets. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, but we started thinking about like, dude, that stuff was like super processed. It's so, mm. so many preservatives. And you start taking those things into consideration. It's like, this is what I'm putting into my body. And you start seeing like the the kidneys of people on, like when they're, when they pass away, it's like you start seeing all these things and it's like, I know I don't want to do this to my body. And for me, it was one of those things like, you know what? I'm going to go all the way in because as my, as my mother would say, I have a very addictive personality. I've, if, once I'm into something, I'm all the way into it. And that was, that's how dieting became for me. It's like, and again, it's a lifestyle change, but I always say, do what works for you. Cause that no matter what, as long as you're functioning at a calorie deficit, that's the goal. Like, hey, that's the goal to function at a calorie deficit. That's how you lose weight. No matter what diet plan and things like that, as long as you're eating whole foods and you're functioning at a, at a calorie deficit, you'll be fine. And for me, it was really like, you know what? These plants are okay. I never feel full. It's like, dude, I eat nuts and snack on nuts. I had to, you know what? I gave up Snickers. Kind of let certain things go. But it's like, because you don't, 
Like for me, I'm not the guy that misses chicken and seafood and things like that. That's not me. If anything, it's like, you know what, let me get like my salad tastes great. It's like my veggies taste great. I make you find dishes that work for you. Like Indian cuisine, there's so many vegan dishes, Indian vegan dishes that are available. You quickly find out like, hey, there's I can make a great China masala. It's like lentil dal tastes great. It's like there's so many different varieties of foods that you can kind of put together. It's like there's so many South American dishes that you can just create and make your own that, you know what, I'm not missing out on much. And I'm never full. My meals aren't like, I don't feel, I don't get the itis after I eat. It's like those are little things that, you know what, I'm okay with that part of it because I've loved the way eating makes me feel, you know, because a lot of people that eat, they're beat down. Holidays just passed. A lot of people had those Christmas dinners, those Thanksgiving meals, and just were people talk about gaining weight over the holidays. I can't relate to that because mm-hmm. I just I'm always conscious about what I'm putting into my body. But at the same time, like I think a lot of people have just a love affair with food and the nostalgia of food makes them feel like they're missing out on something when they're really not. So mm-hmm. it's like and within different cultures food is a time for family all that kind of stuff so it's like i get that portion of it but there's a healthier way to do it and Mm -hmm. you just have to find that balance for you because once you start getting away from things certain foods you'll start noticing those changes in your body once you're drinking water properly drinking enough water like like you you know when you drink enough water you know it's like you know when you're like just the small subtle change like you know I haven't, I haven't been hydrating enough you know it like your body will tell you and i think the same thing is with food when you haven't eaten properly and things like that your body will tell you it's like you know you know when you're actually hungry versus oh i'm craving things it's like a lot of people feel like they're craving something sweet no you're just addicted to sugar you don't need a twix you know it's like you know you have a sugar addiction it's like relax mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's really a matter of just kind of like for me it was a it was a thing where you know what, this can work for me. Because again, I'm not the guy that is like, oh, I need to eat. I don't, I'm not, I'm not the missing meat guy. Cause a lot of people feel like, oh, I didn't eat. <laughs> you get those stories. Like I'm not getting enough protein. That's not true. If I was light on protein, I would have passed out on mile 24 a long time ago. <laughs> it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work that way. That's not the way protein works. It's like, we kind of, we have to remove those like false images. Like, oh, you're vegan. You're missing out on everything. No, I can. I take, and now I do take my supplements, you know, I take B12, things like that, but that's normal. I take my multivitamin, I take B12. That's it. It's mm-hmm, like, those are like mm-hmm. normal supplements. That's what people take. It's like, I'm not iron deficient. I'm not missing out on it. It's like, none of that stuff happens. You know, it's like, it's really just a matter of monitoring your food and taking in what, taking in the supplements that you need, but you would do that on any diet. So it's just a matter of like finding what works for you. And I think once people get that part, kind of get that part in their head, it's a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you said a lot of really interesting things there, you know, about number one, what's in the food that we're eating, right? So even if we don't necessarily go vegan, which, you know, is totally fine if that works for you, but just really paying attention to what it is that you are eating and what's in it is super, super important. And I, I definitely agree with you there. And we've had other guests on the show to talk about, you know, they either follow the vegan, vegan diets, or they themselves were teaching others. And there's so many great benefits that comes with it, especially if you have certain diagnosis, right? Certain mm-hmm. conditions, it can certainly benefit you to consider that or at least reduce some, uh, um, some of the products or some of the foods that we have in our diet. So completely agree with you there. And something else that you said about 
finding that balance, right? So there's certain things that you can do, but you're not going to go out and binge all weekend, right? Or or all the happy yeah. hours or like you <laughs> said, during the holiday dinners. That is not like if you do it in moderation, that alone is going to help you, you know, good step in the right direction, you know, on your journey. And just a personal story on my side. I remember this was probably about three or four years ago. I, I started with my coach and one of the areas he was helping me was with my nutrition. And I remember there were certain things that I just stopped eating, but not only because it didn't fit within my calories or my macros, but this goes along with what you said, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good after I ate certain things. And it took me to stop eating those things to realize the difference. Like, yeah. wait a minute. As much as I thought I enjoyed that, I didn't feel great afterwards. And I don't want that feeling. So I don't eat a lot of those things anymore. And I'm not missing it because I'm not missing that, that feeling afterwards of feeling like you said, sluggish or just not feeling well, right? Not good digestion for, for certain types of food. But on the other side, don't want to be too restrictive because, you know, that also can, you know, lead to kind of yo-yoing and stopping and starting, et cetera, et cetera. And just piggybacking that, the yo-yoing thing, that's what happens to a lot of people. You ever see these people, they jump on these fads, they'll do something and it's like, boom, they'll kind of get caught up in, Oh, I love this keto diet, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and again, not, bl not blaming it on keto. I'm just saying it's a lot of people that just caught up in the fad and it worked for them. But then, boom, they stopped after 30 days and they gained everything back because it's like they get caught up in the, oh, I missed this so much. And no, you really didn't. You you had something that worked. You could, It's okay to stick to it. It's like, and that's where it goes into being a commitment. It's a lifestyle change. It's like, and once people kind of get into that portion of like, hey, this is my lifestyle. And it goes, you're usually fine. Because again, you don't miss this stuff because you love the way you feel. And it's, I hear that so often. Oh, I was vegan for a month. I felt, I love the way it made me feel. So why'd you stop? For sure. So, so I love this conversation about the nutrition. And that was kind of the first phase of your journey. And then, you know, we're getting into the movement piece. And I think you said you're somewhere around 300 something um, yeah. pounds at the time and you were moving, which is incredible. So just tell us a little bit about like, what was that like? Did you have a training plan? What was a, what, how did you feel when you were doing that walking in the, in the parks yeah. and yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. This is before I became a device knob and switched to Garmin. I was still messing around with the. This is so funny. Remember the Nike Fuel Band? This no, is like, no. This is a Nike. This is right before Apple Watches came out. This is a thing called the Nike Fuel Band. <laughs> and a friend of mine said, "Jay, and this is this is what I say. This is when I mention having good friends around to challenge you. This goes a long way." He said, "I'm going to challenge you to walking. Just getting more miles than me." And it's like, it was a, in a competitive way, but it's like, you know what? That's what got me into walking. It's like, and he was just like, come on, man, let's see if we can get a hundred miles this month. I was like, and now I laugh at the thought of a hundred mile month. But at the time it sounded so intense. I was like, but it's my buddy challenging me. I'm like, no problem, bro. Let's get it. Let's go. And next thing I know, I'm like, dude, how in the heck am I going to get a hundred miles? And I'm slowly walking. And that f I'll never forget that first time I knocked out a mile. It was like a 26-minute mile. I felt so great about it. Then I realized I had to walk back to my car. So I did do it two miles, and it took about 40 minutes or so. It's like, but the second mile was much easier than the first. And then it's like you start realizing, hey, you know what? I can pace myself better. And then you start getting to those moments. All right, Jay, let's try to jog a little bit. 
let's try to do a little bit more. And once you started, once you start getting to that that love that little those little small moments of of fulfillment, they kind of give you more and more confidence. And that was something that just kind of just kept me going. You know, it's like okay, I, I just I just ran for thirty seconds. I'm going to walk for a minute now. I want to do another 30 seconds. So then you start doing intervals. And at this time, I didn't realize it was interval training. They were just really, really slow intervals. Like in my head, it's like, geez, I'm doing interval training. By accident, you kind of fall into it. But it was really, really just a matter of like, let's just getting out there. And then it's like, okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling so comfortable with this. Let's do some strength training. So then, then it got into, I got a couple, I got a plan from a buddy of mine and I started implementing that, trying to do full body workouts because I said, you know what, if I'm going to lose weight, I don't want to be one of these guys with big arms and little legs. Let's try to do some stuff. (laughs) So I I started doing that and I found me a four day routine and four day, it was four days of weight. um, And every day I would commit to 30 minutes of cardio. That's that's how I started. So no matter what, I'll do at least thirty minutes of cardio, and I kind of fell in fell in line there. And then it's like this run thing. It's an addictive drug, man. No matter whether you've done a mile or you've done twenty miles that day, you just feel better after a run. No matter what you mm-hmm. and especially now living in a virtual world where most of us, so many of us, work from home and things like that. It's like just getting away, going out, and just getting outside for just an hour getting a nice run in it just feels so amazing and and that even at 300 pounds that was just such a high for me you know and it's like i mentioned that first 5k and it's like like that rush it's like i always say like nothing beats your first race nothing beats it like that first 5k was just like such a thrill and it's it's so funny because i didn't even (laughs) even the the, the person i was dating at the time i didn't even have her come because i I didn't know how i was gonna feel afterwards i was like i might be tired i might pass out i don't (laughs) i don't want to see like this yet i don't need to see what's going on it's like now it's like no you want everyone around it's like it's fun it's like Mm -hmm. you want that you want that celebratory moment at the finish line you want that it's like it's it's an addictive thing this run stuff oh you can't yeah. beat it. It's like it's really just a high. It's and it's like when you start feeling those small wins. It's not even like yeah, you care about your goal pace and stuff, but it's like at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't even matter. It's like I just want all that sense of accomplishment of doing it. It's like ah. Well, like you said, I mean, other than the physical benefits you get with it, it's also that sense of accomplishment, yeah. which I think is huge. And you know, being able to do something you've never done before, do it better, better performance, and seeing the improvements. Yeah, of course. I mean. Yeah, you know, they call it, they don't call it the runner's high for nothing, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's some physical and chemical reasons why you, you get that, but, um, but for sure. And, you know, I, I want to interject my story for a moment when you're talking about your 5K. And the, yeah. I think that was the one where the 13 year old yes. passed you. Smoked me. It's like- <laughs> so I'm doing a 5K a few years ago at my old high school, which, you know, became an annual thing for me. And my family came. And it's, um, they don't always come to my races. So it was kind of special that they did. So I'm, I'm rounding, you know, kind of that third mile or we're about to finish back at the school. And as we're getting closer, you kind of hear the crowd and I hear go daddy, go daddy. And I'm like, and I think it's my son, right? So I'm like, Oh, I'm coming Andre. So I'm running, I'm running. But, but the whole time I'm following this kid, you know, probably same age, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. I'm watching the back of his feet, like the entire race. 
right? So, so I'm running and I, and I hear, you know, my son cheering for me and I think I passed the kid. I'm not quite sure because I was just running for my life at that point. And I sprinted to the end and I felt that sense of accomplishment yeah. that you were talking about in that runner's high. And then afterwards, I'm like looking around for my family and I can't find them. <laughs> So I'm like, okay. So I'm kind of waiting around for someone else who was running with me. And then I happened to go inside of the school and my family was enjoying the breakfast um, inside the school. So, so someone else's son was cheering for their dad, but it was enough motivation to get me to go. So I can't, I can't be mad about it. And it was nice that they came, but that's, uh, that's my little story. That's that awesome. I like to share. That's awesome. Yep. The thought that it was your kid. The thought that the it was my thought, kid. The thought. That's but can you imagine the whole race? I'm, ch- you know, I'm chasing this 11-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, uh, watching the back of his feet. He was moving. I'm yeah. like, wow, this 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 is great. You know, Well, not great that I'm still behind him, but it, it took that motivation in the end to, to get to where I'm going. So anyway, that's my little story. But thank you for sharing all that. You know, I, I think it's you know, it's intimidating. Again, I use the word intimidating to do what you did right at the weight that you yeah. were to start where you were. And then you mentioned something about like the confidence. So I can't imagine what it might feel like for someone who may not have the confidence to show up and do this kind of work in the presence of others. Yeah. And yeah. and you'd mentioned that, you know, you didn't want to invite anybody to that first race. And, you know, we've had other guests on the show that have done their couch to 5k program but, and we recommend that when you do that, you sign up for your first 5k. Yeah. Well, you know what they do. Sometimes they actually do like a virtual 5k ahead yep. of that. Just can, can I actually do this? Right. Can I, can I do this without, I don't know, quote unquote, like embarrassing myself, which of yeah. course they wouldn't, but that's kind of that confidence piece. And it, and that goes back to the importance of having like a great circle. Like you can't do any of this stuff without having like friends, family that you just know are going to be supportive, you know, and that's something that was, that's really, like, even now, it's like, it's great, like, see my, dude, see my kid at the finish line, that's such a cool feeling, you know, like my daughter, for the rest of her life, she's going to see photos of her on daddy's shoulders, that's all we say, kids don't care about anything, 20, I just knocked out 26.2, my daughter's looking at me like, hey, pick me up, she doesn't care, <laughs> she's like, hey, that's a dad. pick me up, she's like, hey, how are you? Pick me up. It's like, but it's cool though. Those are like moments that you never forget. And it's like when you have that like that kind of support system, your friends are there. It's like those things are cool. And that's one of the things like as you get more and more into this process, the things that keep you going, because again, once you lose the weight, you gotta you wanna maintain it now. You never wanna be the person that oh uh, Jay lost all this weight at one at one point, then he gained it all back. So you kinda start finding ways to stay in the training it's easy to kind of get into those circles. Oh, you lost weight. Now you're just existing, you know, waiting to gain it back. But no, you move on to the next thing. And that's one of the things that makes running so special because there's always another race. Uh, Trust me, there's always going to be a rock and roll marathon. There's always going to be something to do. You know, there's there's so many different events. Yeah. So, you know, so I appreciate you sharing this. This is really great insights into what it's like, you know, to kind of move and and do the walking and the running and, and these races. One of the things that I'd love to know and have you share with our listeners is, you know, what would you say was your biggest obstacle in your running journey and how did you overcome it? A lot of people are going to tell you, like, hey, man, you don't even, like, why do you do that? You don't need to do that. And then you start thinking about it. Like, I really don't need to do that. It's like, I don't have to. But no, it's like that challenge is just something that for me, it drove me to want to do more more of it, you know, because 
you could lose weight and be healthy just doing 5Ks. No, like, like the running part of it. It's like you can just – and realistically in life, none of us are ever running 13 miles to get away from a zombie or anything. But realistically, you don't need to do that. It's like it's really just one of those things. And you fall in love with that process, you know? It's like of the training schedules, the getting better, the, like, hey, I need to do – today is going to be an interval today I got interval training or today I'm working on strides it's like it's like those different things you fall in love with that part of the process there's going to be naysayers because again you don't need to do it there's people going to be, hey man you know what you just left the gym why are you trying to go for a run now it's like you don't need to do that I'm like no I probably don't but the thing is I want to it's like and you got to remind yourself that you're doing it because you want to because again for most people they, they're going to look at you kind of funny like dude you do mm-hmm. all of that yeah I do it's like, I like doing it. It's like, you just fall in love with it. And you kind of ignore that part of the noise. Because again, dude, I lost most of my weight just doing 5Ks and working out. It's like, that was it. Doing 5Ks, working out. 30 minutes on the treadmill, boom. Go do a nice little workout, shed most of my weight. It's like, I was by the time I started doing half marathons, I was already under 200 pounds. It's like, I was like 190 or so when I started doing half marathons. So I had met my goal weight, if you will, you know? So it's like, this is fine. But then it turned into, oh, this is fun. These are the type of people that you're around now. They're all fit people. So it's like, ooh, this is kind of fun. This is a competitive group. It's like, let's let's do it, you know? And so once you're in, around like more fitness-minded people, it's almost like your goalpost moves. That's why it's like you meet so many people that start off running, they become triathletes. It's like a, sometimes it's a natural progression for people. That's awesome. That's awesome, Jay. So I love this conversation and thank you for sharing that. And kind of as we wind down here, what would be the one thing that you would say to inspire our listeners to run? No matter what your day has been, running makes it better. No matter what happened, bad day at work, you just found out you got to pay 3K to get your car repaired, anything, go for a run afterwards. You'll feel better no matter what. And I will bank that on my, I will put that on my life. Like I have something I can fully vouch for. Some of the worst news ever, go for a run. You'll feel better. It's like, before you make a major decision, go for a run. For some reason, that's it's like next level clarity. It's like you've been hanging out with baby Yoda or something. It's like, you just feel better. It's like post run clarity is a thing. Good, bad, and different. Go for a run. You always feel better. And that's one of the things it's like, I fully, I fully vouch for that. I can stand on that. The high that you get post run. And again, that's not even just a race. That's like a regular day run. You just feel better. So I will say that's the number one reason. It's like, cause you know what? You get clarity and you reach a certain peace of mind from running. Sage advice for our listeners. Thank you so much, Jay. Really, really enjoy this conversation. How can our listeners and community find you and follow your journey online? When in doubt, just catch me on Instagram, Marathon Jay. I'm around. I'm usually doing some random goofy run around lunch because I am a lunch runner. I've accepted that I eat miles for lunch. So find me on Instagram, Marathon Jay. All right, perfect. Well, I'll put that information in the show notes to make it easy for everyone to find you. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jay, and sharing your story. And you know, with that, have a great day. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for inviting me. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if it inspired you to run, please visit us on Instagram at Inspired to Run Podcast. DM us the word kickstart so you can get your free guide, kickstart your fitness in five steps. With that, 
Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. That's it for this episode of Inspired to Run Podcast. We hope you are inspired to take control of your health and fitness and take it to the next level. Be sure to click the subscribe button to join our community. And also, please rate and review. Thanks for listening.